0: Hey, Taylor, what's your favorite jam? My favorite jam is actually not a jam. It's orange marmalade. So, Oh,
1: my gosh. <laughs> we did an episode on orange marmalade in the first season. Yep. <laughs> it was great. And I really love like orange being... marmalade. In the entire episode, everyone was expecting the song to be like Lady Marmalade at the end. <laughs> and it wasn't which <laughs> was a Beatles song. But mm, oh, the Beatles though. <laughs> still great, still great, still great. and welcome to the jam of fruitful podcast fruitful discussions through the eyes of a catholic millennial my name is emily and welcome to our discussion today Woo! so today (laughs) today i sit down with a good friend of mine her name is taylor taylor welcome to the podcast
0: well thank you for having me on here
1: beautiful can taylor can you tell us a bit about yourself you
0: know what's going on in your life and um yeah Yeah. Okay. So, hi, everyone. My name is Taylor Townsend. I, just to give a kind of general idea, I am just a classic Catholic kid, you know, 24 years old, growing up right now. Um, Right now, I'm kind of hanging out in Indianapolis, Indiana, especially with my wonderful fiancé of mine. We just got engaged about a month ago.
1: Congratulations. Um,
0: Thank you. (laughs) It's been very exciting, very Uh, odd to try to figure out how to do weddings I don't know what I'm doing right now Um, but outside of that like on my own individual scale like some things I really love is like storytelling and I'm really into movies and writing stories and I especially love like putting that out into the world via social media or video or paper and right now I have two businesses Um, Mm -hmm. And one of them specifically is dedicated to storytelling of all kinds. So video, photo, and social media work. So Mm -hmm. yeah, my big thing is just really getting the word, whether it be capital W or lowercase w out there, so the world can feel included. Yes, beautiful. (laughs)
1: All right, so I'm excited because the topic today for our fruitful discussion is something that I love when it comes to storytelling. Um, Mm -hmm. But before we get there... Uh, I just want to do like a little recap about where we've been and where we're headed, um, especially in this new season of the podcast. Um, So if you're listening um, for the first time or if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for joining today. Um, It has been a hot second since our last discussion. We Mm. wrapped up season two in May about how beauty saves the world. Um, And honestly, there's been kind of a lot that's happened, you know, in the past, like, you know, four to five months. Um, We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Everything has been canceled. Concerts, sports, um, some weddings, even. Um, um, Many weddings, I know for some friends, have even postponed their weddings to um, next year. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been some natural disasters, Uh, you know, some wildfires, hurricanes, uh, land tornadoes in Iowa. So prayers oh. for everyone right now that, um, you know, has been affected by a natural disaster. Um, we've also had a lot of racial uh, inequality and injustice happening, especially here in the United States. Um, so just prayers, um, especially for peace, peaceful hearts and peaceful minds. Um, and to top it all off, it is an election year. <laughs> yep. So, I don't know. I don't know if this is the end of the world. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, but hopefully, um, it is not because, um, this season I think is something that could really, um, help a lot of people. So I know many people have already checked out, um, from 2020. Um, I feel like some days, uh, during the week, I'm just like, I'm done with 2020. Like, like let's bring on 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, But if anything, I just encourage you um, to take these next couple of months to really focus on your thoughts, your feelings and your dreams. Um, I know with everything being canceled and, you know, everything going on the social media and, you know, the upcoming election, you know, we just kind of want to already focus on 2021. But especially um, in this time, just really kind of take a moment and, you know, look back at um, where you've been. And what type of person you really want to be, uh, you know, in 2021, you know, uh, next week, next month, even tomorrow, what type of person do you want to be? Mm. And um, I'm really excited for, se- for season three um, because uh, we're going to be discussing one of my favorite hashtags. It is hashtag adulting. Um, Woo. Um, so I feel like that's a very millennial thing. So if there's anybody <laughs> who is listening here that is not a millennial, you're going to get a whole bunch of information and all of the lowdown on what hashtag adulting is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but to kind of shake, thing, shake things off, we are all on a journey. All of us in different stages. Um, on this journey. Some people uh, may be a little bit farther, some people may be a little bit behind, but the important thing is we're kind of all walking together. You know, we're all on this road to Emmaus. We're all trying to um, become saints. And to kind of help put this season into perspective, um, this episode, this week's spread, uh, is the Hero's Journey.
0: right (laughs) exciting i'm excited
1: (laughs) um so my first encounter of the hero's journey was actually in college um i had a class my junior year uh at ball state and it was a visual visual communications class and this was probably my favorite my favorite class in undergrad because this was the first time that like um, I really got to learn about visual communications and the importance of uh, you know making things beautiful and appealing to the eye. And um, what does this have to do with like the hero's journey? Well, um, for one of our presentations or speeches, we had to give um, a, a pachacúcha, or sometimes it's known as a pachakcha. Um, for our presentation, we had to give a speech. That was uh, 15 PowerPoint slides at 15 seconds per slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a little, little intense. Um, I believe the actual uh, way that you give um, a pachakacha is 30 PowerPoints, 30 slides, and 30 seconds each. Um, so it's a very very fast presentation. You're you have like no chance to like say an um or breathe in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember for my um, Pecha Kucha, I did the hero's journey, but I did it to the character of Rey from Star Wars, um, which was amazing. It was yes, so <laughs> and um, it was a lot of fun. I loved finding like the, the images to go with it from the film and. This was the time when I was just kind of getting over this fear of public speaking, and I was uh, learning to speak about things I was passionate about. And I think for a lot of my classmates, they had no idea how you know big of a nerd I was. (laughs) (laughs) And then that like presentation just like completely like changed everything. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, so that's kind of like my journey of the journey of learning of the hero's journey. But Taylor. What exactly is The Hero's Journey?
0: Yes. So The Hero's Journey, it has kind of a long history. It's the earliest signs of, like, a classic Hero's Journey written down. Came around in about the 1870s. -hmm. However, like, it actually being coined as The Hero's Journey came from Joseph Campbell in about 1949.
1: Yes, Um, because that's who I familiarize with The Hero's Journey with.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people do, like... For example, just a little bit of background, like, I was a double major in creative writing and video production at Ball State University. So I was constantly learning about storytelling and the various different forms of storytelling. And the hero's journey is the most classic kind. We see it across Mm -hmm. all forms of media, like, across all cultures, across all time spaces, really. Like, we can do it from inside the Bible, but we could also do it to the Marvel movies,
1: Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that might be in a different episode at a different time.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, please. Like, if you straight up give me all the stories. Um, but yeah, the hero's journey itself is essentially this idea that someone is chosen to basically leave the world that they know and go on to this tremendous journey of spectacle and action and adventure, mm-hmm. um, only to face trial and trial again. Until they are able to overcome everything and kind of reach the end of the tunnel, for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. And they are able to come back home in triumph, knowing that they completely went through this journey and changed because of it. Um, In Joseph Campbell's original structure of the book, The Writer's Journey, um, he had 12 different steps. However, throughout the years, it constantly expands and shrinks. The most recent one was done in 2007 by Christopher Vogler, um, who is a screenwriter. Like, he kind of put it more into, like, a modern media setup of how storytelling is done. I actually got to do it a little bit um, in my screenwriting classes. And Mm -hmm. very interesting, but essentially the idea is, um, like, very ordinary person turns into a hero by the end. So, yeah, that's kind of an idea of how the hero's journey works. Like, okay, you can kind of put it across anything, though. Interesting. All right,
1: dang. Can you walk us briefly through, um, like, what the the steps are?
0: Yes. So I'll kind of there's. I'm gonna go with the classic twelve steps and kind of just go through that. Um, okay. A, yeah. Some of them are gonna be self explanatory, and I'll try to expand a little bit on the ones that aren't. Mm-hmm. So there's number one, the ordinary world, like just how life is like for now. And this example would just be like the world normal. This is how we know it. Number okay. two is the call to adventure. So mm-hmm. the idea that something pops up, whether it's a message or a person or um, an action that happens that calls the person out of their ordinary world. Ooh. And a lot of times the character... <laughs> Goes into step number three, which is refusal of the call. They're like, I'm too normal. My -hmm. world is comfortable. Like, I would rather stay here. Um, Let me me sit
1: on my couch.
0: Yeah, (laughs) let me be the couch potato that I have been destined to be for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, We're all very familiar with that. (laughs) (laughs) Number four is meeting the mentor or kind of getting the inspiration to Mm -hmm. start answering the call. That Whether one's my that, favorite, I think. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I love the <laughs> <laughs> Like, you could go through so many ways of that. With, like, Harry Potter, it would be Dumbledore, Hagrid, depending on who you really would call the mentor or the instigator. Mm-hmm. Um, you could I've been, sit.
1: I've been go watching. Um, I just finished watching Avatar. <gasps>
0: um,
1: the Last yes. Airbender.
0: <laughs> yes. Sorry. Um, I love Avatar.
1: <laughs> which is Really, really great. And it would make even a more awesome podcast episode to talk about all oh, of yeah, the, absolutely the things uh, across. Um, yeah. Anyways, great series to binge watch. It's still on Netflix. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think of like one of the characters uh, is uh, Iroh. And he's mm-hmm. the grandfather to. Um... Oh, why am I spacing on his name? he's the uncle to Zuko Zuko. yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah. so essentially Zuko is this angsty teenager from the Fire Nation and he's just struggling with this like between battle battle of good and evil and you just have like his grandfather who is the most like level-headed tea loving words of (laughs) wisdom across the whole entire series (laughs) Mm -hmm. he is possibly like my favorite mentor oh Um, yeah but yes okay um Yeah, so
0: that's no, I love Avatar, so thank you for going into that. Uh huh. So that's number four. Mm -hmm. Number five is when the hero starts on their journey and they encounter their first trial, and that's when you really start to see like the stumbling of trying to make their way across the blocks, right? Like, Mm that would be with Aang kind of going back to Avatar, with Aang going to the air temple and seeing the real. Like, pain and destruction going on Mm, there, right? Like, that's kind of the real first test of him realizing, like, he's the Avatar and he has a lot that he has to learn. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. And then going past that, uh, step number six is titled Test Allies and Enemies. Ooh, so that's okay. kind of the real big chunk of the journey, right? Like mm-hmm. constantly encountering the trials that are making you stronger. You're developing your support system via allies. You're learning who your enemies are. You really kind of see the landscape put out before you. And oftentimes, like,
1: it's not just one trial, right? Like sometimes, oh, when, I think yeah. of, well, sometimes when I think of a hero's journey, I'm like, oh, okay. There's only one huge mammoth challenge and once Mm-mm. I complete that I'm like the ultimate hero no just there's just, like
0: <laughs> multiple <laughs> yeah just like anything in life there has to be the time to build your skills and learn um mm. that's not always showed in the story specifically generally it might be just like kind of hinted at or mm-hmm. even like there's just kind of a time jump we'll see that especially in modern things right like kind of the time skip or um, the hero's journey, because it's kind of a real basic skeleton, like, it's stretched out and it'll be, like, test allies and enemies and then back to crossing the f- first threshold, like, if the character's yeah. relearning a skill, like, it does vary a lot.
1: Um, yeah, you see that a lot in the, in the Marvel films. So, mm-hmm. like, Endgame, for instance. <laughs> Not all of the spoilers here, but, like, they, you know... We're a safe they, space. <laughs> you know, like, they, they do time travel, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's interesting yeah,
0: yeah absolutely and even that kind of goes in the test allies and enemies because they're mm-hmm. learning like who's really helping them with you know time traveling versus who's going to be working against them mm. um, without to spoil anything yeah and
1: sometimes people switch sides not exactly spoil anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then, kind of going on to there, this is where people are most familiar with like step number seven is approach to the inmost cave, right uh, okay, um yeah. this is where like if we're going very basic, this is where the big baddie starts, right mm-hmm. um the hero's ready to face their final battle, so Harry Potter about to face Lord Voldemort, uh Aang about to face Ozai, um something along those lines, right, yeah, um Percy Jackson about to face. The various villains that he faces throughout his novels. Um, mm, yeah,
1: being what's, ready what's,
0: to do whatever.
1: What's the name of his sword again? Oh gosh, that's I can't gonna bother. Me. It's a pen. It's a pen that he
0: <laughs> sword. I'm gonna cheat and look it up, despite being a Percy Jackson like oh. nerd of all kind. I can't.
1: A weapon.
0: Because that's something too that's
1: part of like the hero's journey. Riptide, is, like, riptide. They like acquires, they acquire some sort of like object or yeah. like weapon or something that they have. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, A lot when... of times that'll happen in number six with test allies and enemies. Ah, like, okay, they yep. are really building themselves up for the approach to the inmost cave, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have worked so hard building this knowledge and the skill and their support system and like getting laid out of the land to approach the battlefield.
1: Yeah. I think of like the hunger games. So Katniss um, mm-hmm. and her character and like, she has her symbol. I mean, yep. yeah, it's like the mocking J symbol, but it's also like the archery and like the, um, you know, the, the bow and the arrow and like what mm-hmm. that symbolizes. Exactly.
0: Uh, yeah. Um. Kind, of, kind of their identifier piece in a way. Exactly. Um, so they approach this cave, they're super nervous, they're ready to kind of, a lot of times, lay down their life for their cause. And mm-hmm. you hit number eight, the ordeal, which is... Bum-bum-bum. Um, yeah, kind of like <laughs> almost the darkest hour, for lack of better words, right? Mm-hmm. Like, either... Um... Gosh, I gotta bring it for a second. That's so okay. this is where, like, <laughs> they actually face the biggest test they... Mm-hmm. have ever had this far this is where they're really about to hit that point right yeah uh, they got to confront their greatest fear and generally if they survive it this is where they transform mm-hmm. um which caveat sometimes the hero
1: does not survive
0: nah it really <laughs> just depends like and that's <laughs> the human way right like yep. survival occurs but not always it's not guaranteed um mm-hmm. And even sometimes the ordeal itself, it's not exactly the climax of the story. Generally it is, but sometimes it can be like the first main event and then there's a second one that comes through, right? Ooh, um, yeah. Life is so tricky that way. But after the ordeal, saying that the hero survives it, because generally if the hero doesn't survive it, either a new hero emerges or mm-hmm. the story's over. A new avatar. Um, a new avatar Yeah, the new ever. avatar. <laughs> but we'll go with like... Let's go, Ray. For example, Um, yeah, like she overcomes everything. Ben gave up her, or gave up his life to, you know, for Ray to succeed. And there's the light at the end of the tunnel. Spoiler. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh no. Okay, I would assume most people have seen it by now. I'm gonna hope so. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Ray is ready to, like, win. In this war. I'm gonna try to keep it a little more vague now. Um, so she like finally achieves everything, defeats the baddies, yep, without spoiling. Um, and she re- gets to step number nine, her reward, or in classic literary sense, seizing the sword as per a reference mm. to King Arthur, right? Yep. Um, he who is worthy wields Excal- the sword.
1: Excalibur Hmm. I also think of, like, um, Chronicles of Narnia. Um, yes. So, like, the, the wardrobe. So, like, at the end of their huge battle and their adventure, and after they've acquired all these cool tools again archery again <laughs> mm-hmm. for susan um, you know like they <laughs> pop out of the wardrobe and then diggory's there and he's like what were you doing in the wardrobe mm-hmm.
0: exactly <laughs> and,
1: and then there's always like this wonder of like will we go back
0: to yes you know and that's where it gets really interesting in reference to narnia right mm-hmm. so there's still technically three more steps left
1: ooh Ooh, yeah plot, plot twist <laughs> yeah so
0: there's 12 steps in the classic sense there's mm-hmm. number 10 which is the road back for the case of narnia there's kind of two road backs going on depending on how you look at it right because mm-hmm. uh, i'm also connecting prince caspian to it because i love both the movies yeah the road back is essentially the journey back so they have to be able to make it back home as well, you can't just go one way and not expect trials with the other way, right
1: right yeah,
0: um unless you 've completely destroyed everything in your path, which a hero does not because they are good and righteous for the most part, mm-hmm. unless you really want to delve deeper into storytelling and the idea of like an anti hero which we won 't do today because that's <laughs> a whole bigger chunk of storytelling <laughs> different episode that's a different episode, um but there's more dangers on the way back, right, so for example, for Narnia, like they got back home but the road back is actually them returning the narnia mm, and the trials yeah. that they face right yeah so
1: i almost think of like the maze runner too so mm, like they got out of the maze and like but they like can't go back to like where the maze started because right
0: they have to figure out how to hit there and yeah. if it's possible yeah um sometimes it does just end with you know, seizing the sword, but a lot of times the hero has to go home triumphant. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do the road back, and then there's the true climax of the story, right? Mm-hmm. N- Step number 11, the resurrection. Ooh, okay. Yeah, this sounds, is the-
1: sounds like reading biblical now.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. This, honestly, you could apply this to almost every single biblical story that has a hero mm-hmm. at, in some way or another. Like my first ones I'm thinking of is like Job and Tobit. Yeah. After, like, the Gospels, right? Yeah. Um, But resurrection, this is, like, the true final test. And if we're going biblical, this would be, like, let's go to the Gospels for a second. Jesus finally, well, he always did accept it, but, like, really acknowledging after Gethsemane, like, yes, I have to lay down my life. Mm-hmm. And here are the tests that I have to face concerning it. Yeah. And he goes through and he is crucified and... He passed the test by dying. Yeah. Um, And then he comes back in step number 12 with return with the elixir, right? Like, Mm -hmm. essentially, his return is resurrection and then ascension to heaven. (laughs) Yeah, the hero gets to return home, but they come back a completely different person. They have grown. They have become even battle scarred in some senses like Mm -hmm. their brain has developed into the person that they are now
1: well even when you look at like um uh like pentecost and like um you know doubting thomas Mm -hmm. sorry thomas i feel like he's only really noticed doubting thomas but just like jesus just comes back with like this whole like new confidence and Mm -hmm. just um yeah it's super fascinating i also think of like david too right mm, like, yeah david and goliath um i think of like that story as well of david mm-hmm. david coming from like nothing of being like um like sheep herders he's like what the youngest in his family yeah and then you know he has to take on this huge big bully in his backyard um philistines <laughs> and um, he falls down like a gigantic, like cucumber, like in <laughs> the veggie tales, right? You know? Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and then David eventually becomes like king, right? Right. So interesting. Okay. So yeah. we've kind of learned the steps. We've applied it to some uh, pop culture and you know mm. historic epic tales that hopefully we have all heard and known. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of Bishop Robert Barron and he always says, you know, like find the seeds and everything. So mm. I love how we, we did that, uh, with, um, with like, just kind of just like the, the artifacts that we just talked about. Right. Um, but there's an even, like, bigger artifact. Um, there's yeah. an even grander story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so like, we probably going- the third biggest story of all time. <laughs> so huge. But we're going to take it a step further, and we're going to compare it to an, uh, uh, another important person in mm-hmm. the, the journey and the narrative and the history of, um, of Christ. Mm-hmm. Taylor. Who is
0: this person? (laughs) So I would love to talk about Mary's hero's journey. Yes. (laughs) We don't really think about Mary being a hero, right? We think of her being the mother of God, kind of Mm -hmm. being an accessory to salvation history, but not having her own moment in salvation history. Right. A lot of times I,
1: I kind of just see her as like the supportive soccer mom on the side of soccer field, <laughs> you know, just sitting back and observing and like watching things and ready to yeah. like jump in in those man- moments when maybe like, you know, um, in those moments where like Christ is, you know, lost or he's in, uh, what is it? He's in the, the marketplace or he's like in the yeah. temple
0: and he gets lost and she's like trying to find him and she's like concerned at trying to find him and things like that. But right. Yes, but like mm-hmm. all biblical characters, like all people, um, I had a former priest of mine say to me, "Everyone has their own role to play in salvation history." Ooh, right? Snaps. Yeah. Snaps. Thank you, Father Brian Dor. Um, <laughs> but Mary has the exact same kind of thing, right? She has mm-hmm. her own story. That's a side story in all of salvation history. Mm-hmm. Like before you know, the angel of God came down and was like, you're going to have the savior of the world. Like, that's going to be your baby. Like, she was just a very ordinary girl about to marry a man named Joseph, right? Right. Very simple girl. She would have been about, what, like 15? Yeah, I think the estimations were somewhere between 14 and 16. Mm -hmm. You know, very young girl. This is almost like YA trope by this point. Like, very young adult novel, like, teenager called to glory. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she is called to do this most amazing thing and to grow with the savior of the world, like even though she's technically an adult, Mm -hmm. you know, between the ages of 14, 16, according to times, she was going to be growing on this journey from this, you know, very faithful, small maiden to the mother of God. Like, right. That's a huge jump. That's from like going from zero to like 756. Right. Mm -hmm. So she says yes with full confidence and probably honestly being human a little bit of nervousness like very Mm -hmm. confident in the decision but worried about the trials along the way which is very understandable and she she could have said no yeah there was no pressure like this was all on her own decision right Mm -hmm. because if that was the case god could have waited for the next Incredibly faithful person to come along and be like, nope, "That's true." You're actually going to be the mother of the savior of the world, right? But Mary, mm-hmm. fully confident in the journey, um, said, said yes. Said yes. She said yes. yes. <laughs> she said yes. Like that was her fiat. That was mm-hmm. her acceptance to the call of adventure. Like she didn't even have a refusal to the call. She probably no. had like a little bit of nervousness, and she like wondered. But there was never, like, the full sense of, like, I'm not going to do this or I am doubting the decision, right? Right. And that all changed when she was visited by, right.
1: um, by the archangels. So, mm-hmm.
0: so that was so, more,
1: like, her just, like, okay. Like, I'm going to do this.
0: Like, I'm going to do this. I'm committed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, crossing the first threshold, like, was having the baby, right? Like, mm-hmm. baby Jesus was born in a major... Because there was no place to stay. Like, she was not comfortable. Well, she was not physically comfortable in terms of, like, laying on hay. She did not have childbirth pains, which I'm very jealous of. Um, But she had to, you know, give birth in very unusual circumstances. Mm -hmm. Well, and And then they had to escape, too. Right. And then they had to escape to, like, achieve safety. Like, that is also a very hard first threshold to achieve, and along the way, like she was constantly encountering, you know, tests of like losing Jesus in the temple, and like I'm sure there were trials that we're unaware of of like raising the Son of God, right? Like that's true. Jesus was both a kid <laughs> and God, so like she had to teach him basic human things, mm-hmm. but also realize like he had infinite knowledge that he might have not even been aware of as a child, right? Like right, we don't know where that kind of growth was for Jesus growing up. So, it's very interesting. She had to kind of learn to be a mother to both a small person and a very big person at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was learning, like, the enemies of sin and doubt. Like, she and Jesus never experienced it, but she probably saw it with Joseph at times, you know? Like, he was not born perfect. He was born as a very righteous man, but he was, you know, fully human. Yeah. Born with sin. So, like...
1: And, and almost, I feel like her biggest, uh, like her biggest battle would
0: be like watching her son be crucified. Like Right. And that's kind of where like the ordeal comes in, right? Like yep, she's realizing he's starting to hit the point in his ministry where he's going to have to start realizing and accepting that he's actually going to lay down his life and get crucified and died. Yeah. Like that is nerve wracking. And even Jesus has that, right?
1: Mm-hmm. He had that
0: moment of not even doubt, but just fear. Like, if this has to happen, it will be me, Lord. But he even admits, like, he's scared. And that's very fine. And Mary's scared, right? Right. Which are all, like, like normal human feelings, human yeah, right? Their human side comes out so much at step seven and eight with the approach to the inmost game and in the ordeal. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Black Hour, like, Jesus is dead, and it kind of stretches out because it's those whole three days that he's dead. And she has to be confident that he will come back to life. But she's also seized with grief. Like mm-hmm. she literally just saw her son die and even bleed out to a point. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that is traumatic, no matter what kind of person you are.
1: Because I feel like the motherly instinct, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like you want to do everything for for your kid, um, mm-hmm. you know, for your child. Because um, it's that that sacrificial like love in nature, right? Because oh, you, yeah, you look at you um, look at Harry and his mom from Harry Potter, right? Mm-hmm. How like um, she died, but like she self-sacrificed herself to protect Harry, right. right?
0: You know, and honestly, that's probably the biggest sacrifice for her of all. Like mm-hmm. she would probably absolutely want to switch places with him, right? Like, yeah, all loving moms would absolutely switch places with their child if it meant their child was gonna live another happy. You mm-hmm. know, 20, 30, 50, 80 years. Yeah. But that's not what salvation history called for. And mm. her part mm-hmm. was to be there at the foot of the cross, watch him die, and know that he would come back.
1: Right. Um, because she knew.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, she totally knew. <laughs> and it's so nerve-wracking. Like, even if you're fully confident in the decision, it is nerve-wracking to face something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, And her reward was seeing her son come back, right?
1: Right. Yeah. Um,
0: seizing the sword was life coming back the promise of resurrection Mm -hmm. like salvation achieved yeah and then the road back is you know jesus's ministry and her following alongside him and like you know final resurrection and return with the elixir is his ascension and also her ascension like her Mm -hmm. return to being the queen of heaven the general of the angels like the mother of God at her highest point. Like she goes from absolute simple maiden to one of the actually the highest under Jesus, the highest title of ranks among anything and everything in heaven. One of the biggest uh, intercessors
1: yeah. on behalf of her son. Like, right. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> her return with the elixir is her being able to finally receive the recognition and title that she serves for her role in salvation history yeah so dang like she has <laughs> such a big stretched out journey and although there are people with Marian devotions and there is a lot of study on mary mm-hmm. we never just think of her as a person and the story that she kind of had to go through no but she still returns now yeah, um, in
1: different ways. So her story, like she's still on her hero's journey in a yeah. way. Yeah,
0: and um, even which is cool to watch. Yeah, and even she kind of becomes, you know, step number four, meeting the mentor. She kind of becomes the mentor for a lot of saints and a lot of people who have these like, see the Marian calls, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we well, see you, it with Fatima. You, we see it with Guadalupe, like. Yeah,
1: Juan Diego, and then, like, the children at Fatima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, my gosh, yes.
0: <laughs> like, the call to change the world. Like, mm-hmm. she calls and also becomes the mentor to instigate them to go on their own journey. Oh, here's journey. Mary's journey. <laughs> we love <Dang>. it.
1: <laughs> I, if you haven't thought about Mary through that lens today, I hope that, like, this was super, it gave you a new, like, perspective on mary and just Mm -hmm. how awesome she um truly is we love mama mary (laughs) we love our mama mary which is another great hashtag hashtag mama mary yes oh dang (laughs) cool i actually need to try and keep that factored into this season of the podcast an episode for mary um Mm, mm
0: -hmm. yes
1: dang okay so (laughs) we talked about a lot of fruitful things there um Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, we are all on a journey, all of us in different mm-hmm. stages on our jury, journey. journey. Um, but I just kind of have like three questions to take with you into this week. Um, as you're kind of listening to this podcast and you're discussing it, um, you know, with other people, um, mm. you know, like who, who are you? Um, you know, mm. where are you in your own journey? And, who is journeying with you? So just kind of like taking those three things, you know, looking back at like the 12 steps of the journey, you know, and taking that all with like a grain of salt, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. where some of us are called in different places to do and serve in different shapes, you know? Um, but just like, who are you, where are you in your journey and who is journeying with you? Mm. Mm, yeah. Oh. Um, Taylor, do you have any <laughs> fruitful closing questions for um, anybody listening to us today?
0: Yeah. Um, one I was just thinking about as you were asking those questions, and it's kind of a question and a comment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we explained the hero's journey and we even gave examples. Um, many. Common s- many, <laughs> <all> examples. <those laughs> many examples. Many um, examples. Common like media, modern media. We said it with a little bit of classic literary with like King Arthur we even did it in a biblical lens with Mary and David but one thing to note and to think about as you consider these questions is not only where are you in your journey but what are your expectations of the journey and why do you have them right so Mm, there's the class yeah there's the classic structure of the hero's journey but no writer no storyteller including God himself, will ever follow that structure to a complete T if they want their story to be told exactly as it should. All stories have a reason to be told, including yours, Mm -hmm. and they belong exactly as they are. So your ordeal might end up showing earlier or later than you expect. And how do you feel about that? Like, where are you in terms of the step that you are in? Um, And are your expectations of these steps to be as perfect or as structured as they generally are in a studied sense, or are they perfect in a human sense? Because again, no story is going to be perfect in a studied sense. Right. Right. So
1: that brings up a good point, especially of like free will, right? Like mm -hmm. God loves us so much. He gives us free will. Um, So we have the freedom to make these decisions, but
0: yeah. Um, so it's like, what are your expectations? Why do you have them? And mm-hmm. what is stopping you from releasing them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, again, that kind of plays
1: into um, this kind of self-reflection for this episode, mm-hmm. uh, especially as we explore our thoughts and our feelings um, in hashtag adulting. So, oh, right. that's good. I
0: dig that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it, like, with adulting, with storytelling even with the hero's journey applied to a personal sense mm-hmm. it's learning to be patient with yourself through the process mm. rome wasn't built in the day the bible was not built in a year like salvation is not achieved through one person's like one regular human person right not through one saint right etc like having that patience and learning where your faults are and where you can grow and blossom from it is incredibly important
1: It's also important to know that, like, we are living in the greatest story ever told, especially right now, like this, this, this this minute, this hour, this, this specific day. Um, So I think that's also important that I sometimes I forget too is just like we are in the great story of salvation, you know, like where are you in your story and right. you know, who what journey are you on in this story <laughs> of salvation and who is journeying next to you and on this pursuit to sainthood in
0: right. this journey to salvation.
1: Dang, right, cool. Like
0: you never think <laughs> about it until you sit down
1: right like you read the gospels and you're like oh this was cool this happened like over 2000 years ago I you know that can't I'm happen I'm not a part of it I'm not a part of it I'm just you know reading it
0: no you are a part of it <laughs> we are the extension of the New <laughs> Testament and just like we gotta start realizing that and realizing we're heroes mm-hmm. but we're all heroes not just us singular oh perfect
1: I'm gonna like end it right there (laughs) Taylor do you have any further um, additional resources so if
0: anybody's curious about reading about the hero's journey or um, yeah so if we're going from like a classic literary study sense Mm -hmm. um, you can always go into Joseph Campbell's The Writer's Journey I believe is what it's called okay Um, 1949 publication so expect some older languages Or you can go the 2007 version by Christopher Vogler, uh, V O G L E R. Um, I don't remember what his is called, so I can always look into that real quick and give it to you so I can post it on social media. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Otherwise, it'll it'll be in the show notes.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Otherwise, just look at your look at the stories that you're interested in, like whether it's classic literature or someone's even someone's social media profile. Like you'll see a story there if they are truly authentic in their social media, you will see the struggles. Mm, I take that. Yeah. So like, just take a look at the world around you. Even like if you're, if you study politics, like that's a great resource to see a hero's journey. Um, kind of see like the rise and fall of culture and politics Mm -hmm. and like, where is the goodness in it? Like where's the heroes? Um, Otherwise, if you want to see resources about Mary, like you can always go with Marian devotion books. JP, Two is a huge um, person devoted to Mary, and I always Mm -hmm. recommend going into him. Um, A lot of newer doctrines are reflective of like the individual and their contribution Mm -hmm. to the church, which I always recommend going into, whether it's. Um, jp 2s the feminine genius or mm, yeah. theology of the body and how we play into our own stories of physicality or you know anything along those lines there are so many resources to go into dang beautiful
1: ah this is so good um <laughs> taylor thank you so much for being here today thank you for uh rolling with all of my inner nerd and, (laughs) uh, walking us through the hero's journey and applying it to Mary, um, check out the show notes after, uh, we'll have, I'll have the links to two versions of the hero's journey and yeah, this is great. I'm excited. I hope to see you guys in our next discussion and always remember to keep your fork. Bye guys. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you don't already follow us on Instagram, search jamma.catholicpodcast. In addition to posting episode alerts, new this season to the gram are going to be jam recipes and other amazing fruitful content. We are so blessed to be a part of the Anchor family. If you are new to podcasting and wanna get started, I highly recommend using Anchor. They have fruitful uh, resources and support to help you get started. And lastly, to close is a musical jam for the week. This summer during quarantine, I found myself lost in the 80s. And to close us out for this week's episode is Foreigner's 1981 Jukebox Hero.